You're listening to Ask the Expert on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to Ask the Expert here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and online today we have Mr. Jim Rogers. Jim Rogers is a critically acclaimed author, financial commentator, and successful international investor. He is frequently featured in such publications as the New York Times, Barron's, Forbes, The Wall Street Journal, and Financial Times, and is a regular guest on television shows around the world. Mr. Rogers is a co-founder of the Quantum Fund, a global investment partnership. After electing to retire at the age of 37, Mr. Rogers has served as a professor of finance at Columbia University's School of Business and has written four books on investment, including Hot Commodities, Adventure Capitalist, and Investment Biker. Mr. Rogers also designed the widely followed Rogers Commodity Indices and travels the world highlighting the case for investment in commodities as an asset class. And with that, we'd like to welcome Mr. Jim Rogers. Good morning or good night, James. How are you doing today, sir? I'm delighted. It's actually morning here, Jeff. So <laughs> it is. You're, you're in the nighttime, I think, but I'm in the daytime. That's right. That's right. So, James, we have a number of questions here from our listeners. So let's get started here. We've been looking what's been happening with gold over the last uh, you know, week or so, even last two weeks, and we've, we've seen the price slide, we've seen it gone up. But the question is, what conditions would prompt you to sell your gold? Oh, to sell my gold? Well, I, I, gold is going to turn into a bubble eventually, and when it turns into a bubble, I hope I'm smart enough to sell it. Uh, on the other hand, on the downside, well, I'm not quite sure that I can think of anything that would cause me to, to sell my gold. It was, If nothing else, it will be for my children someday. Makes sense, makes sense. Now, Jim, our next question is about coins, uh, particularly bullion coins. And the question is, the U.S. Mint has been creating gold and silver eagle coins since 1986. Each coin is marked with a monetary value. The IRS currently regards gold eagles and silver eagles as an investment, which capital gains tax is paid when sold or spent. However, when the dollar revalues higher, a person does not have to pay capital gains tax on the dollar's increased value. Why does a person have to pay capital gains on gold eagles and silver eagles? That is an extremely good question. It's mainly because governments everywhere, including in the U.S., are desperate for money now. And uh, I guess when they started this up back 30 years ago, they said, well, let's, let's charge them for it. Uh, you and I would agree that he should not charge for it. But you tell the politicians, okay, I will have to confess that in, in the world, not just North America, we have a very, very serious dearth of decent politicians anymore. So the next question kind of correlates with that question, and it's kind of a, a second part to that. Can you suggest a future in which a person can buy goods and services directly with gold eagles and silver eagles without paying tax? Uh, not in the U.S. Uh, no, no. If anything, the tax will go up. No, Jeffrey, uh, the, the U.S. politicians are going to tax everything in sight, and I'm afraid the taxes are going to get worse. Jeffrey, the United States is the largest debtor nation in the history of the world. No debtor nation has ever, no nation has ever gotten like this. And the debts are going higher and higher and higher. That is a reason to own gold and silver, but it's also a reason that they're going to tax, tax us as much as they can. Mm-hmm. Now, Jim, we've kind of been seeing how things have been developing in China as far as the Shanghai Gold Exchange. So the question is, do you believe that China will ultimately control the price of gold? If so, when do you estimate this becoming a reality? Well, 
probably, but China will become the largest economy in the world in the foreseeable future. It will become the most important country in the world in the foreseeable future. When that happens, they're going to control the price of a lot of stuff, directly or indirectly. Uh, I don't see it happen, them controlling the price of gold anytime soon. Uh, as big as they are and as important they are, there's just too much, too much gold around the world for them to control it yet. But uh, the, I, my children speak Mandarin. You know, I moved to Asia so that my children would know, know Asia and speak perfect Mandarin. China's the future, whether we like it or not. Now, now, likewise, James, as far as what's happening with China and Russia, do you believe that China and Russia are working in tandem to devalue the American dollar and then likewise replace it totally as a, as a reserve currency? I mean, if that's the case, what do you think their ultimate goal is? Or I think maybe you've answered that question in your last question. Well, I don't think they're working together to devalue it, not at the moment, but they are desperately, uh, frantically trying to figure out a competing system to the present world financial system partly because the U.S. is so dominant and the U.S. is, I mean, I hate to say this, I'm an American citizen, but the U.S. is forcing them to do this. You know, that we keep coming up with sanctions and rules and regulations and penalties on people no matter what. You know, they penalize you for doing something in other countries, which is legal in the other countries, but not legal in America. So needless to say, the rest of the world is, is getting tired of this, getting fed up, you cannot operate in a system like that. And so they are now... It's not just China and Russia. Other countries are now putting together an alternative and competing system, which will ultimately, of course, will mean a competing currency as well. At that point, the U.S. dollar is probably going to have serious problems because we cannot control things the way we have been able to for the past 60 or 70 years. And again, we're bringing it on ourselves, all these bureaucrats in Washington coming up with constant regulations and penalties. Now the world, rest of the world is being forced to do something outside of the U.S. system. So the question of, of confiscation always comes up with our experts, Jim. So the question right now is, what are the top three safest countries to keep your money and assets and why? Oh, uh, keep your assets protected from whom? <laughs> it depends on, you know, uh, North Korea is probably a very safe country to keep your assets if you're trying to protect it from the U.S. and the West. I'm not so right. sure it's safe for protecting it from the North Koreans if they get angry at you. Uh, it, it depends on who you're, who you're trying to escape. Uh, I guess places like, well, that's a tough one because if you're trying to protect it from everybody, you're going to have to find yourself in an obscure country that uh, nobody's angry with and which, just, which uh, respects the, the rule of law and the, the sanctity of private property. When I live in Singapore and I have assets in Singapore, but I have assets in various countries around the world. I have assets in the UK, so I'm in the US trying to get my assets out of the US because I expect exchange controls eventually. Um, Switzerland, Austria, I mean, these are countries that traditionally have been okay, but even these countries, especially Switzerland, is not what it used to be as far as sanctity anymore. So Singapore is, the, is the, the answer that pops to mind most of all for many reasons. Uh, the problem with that is that if, if the U.S. really comes after somebody, Singapore would probably cave to the U.S., 
depending on, on the circumstances. Right. Now, kind of, I guess, tying in with this as well, the next question is, what are the top three best currencies to hold in your asset portfolio? And likewise, this must be from one of our Canadian listeners, where does Canada fit into the above question? Well, I'll tell you my top three at the moment. My top three at the moment are the U.S. dollar, uh, the Chinese renminbi, and the Hong Kong dollar. Those are the ones I own the most. The Hong Kong dollar, of course, is tied to the U.S. dollar at the moment. Uh, the Canadian dollar, I own some Canadian dollars. Uh, Canada has been a, a sounder country than the U.S. for the past 30 years, say. Uh, no, not 30 years, past 20 years. That Canada has been run more uh, on, a, on a sounder basis than the U.S. So I, I, I still own some Canadian dollars. They're certainly down in the last two or three years against the U.S. dollar for a variety of reasons, but I, I still own Canadian dollars. So maybe getting back to the other question then, would Canada be a place that you would think would be a safe place to store your assets, particularly precious metals in this sense? Yes, uh, I, I would put Canada on, on a list. Uh, again, Canada has shown great resistance to the U.S. many times in history. I know Europeans who won't keep their money, in uh, their assets in the U.S. They'll only keep it in Canada, their North American assets. And that's because during the Second World War, the U.S. confiscated everybody's assets, including our allies. Uh, the, Canadian didn't, the Canadians did not confiscate anybody's assets, including the enemies. So Canada has a, a long history of being much more... Uh, neutral, if you will, about people's money and, and assets. It's certainly better than the U.S., that's for sure. So likewise, oddly enough, another question here in regards to Canada. So recently, the Canadian federal court decided in favor of a small group of ordinary Canadian citizens who took the Bank of Canada to court on the issue of whether it is legal for the Bank of Canada to no longer fulfill its mandate of issuing government debt to municipalities and provincial governments, interest-free. The story has been totally ignored by mainstream media. First of all, are you aware of this decision and um, first of all i am not aware of it okay uh, did they win who won they, they did court, they won they won they won they, they, oh, they hallelujah won. hallelujah <laughs> exactly true so the likewise what do you think a decision like this could be as far as the long-term ramifications uh in canada from from that perspective well if i were a municipality i'd be borrowing as much as i could uh since it's interest-free you can do an arbitrage if nothing else you know why doesn't toronto just borrow a lot of money and turn around and put it in government bonds. Uh, I, I don't know. I suspect that somewhere along the line, the Canadian politicians are going to change the rules. That's the trick that politicians have done throughout history. When things really go against the politicians, they just change the rules on you in nearly every country in the world at some time in history. So the question coming from our, our listeners is, why or how did you become a director at Spanish Gold in British Columbia? I guess this is a question of curiosity. Uh, well, I knew some of the, the people involved with Spanish Mountain Gold, and they asked me if I would be a director, and I said yes. It's pretty simple. <laughs> pretty simple. <laughs> I mean, Spanish Mountain Gold, I'm, I'm interested in gold. I, I, didn't, I don't own any gold mining shares, but uh, I knew the people, and I was interested in them. I did enough homework to know that there's a lot of gold in, in the ground at Spanish Mountain Gold. I mean, they don't, they're not in operation, so it's just an asset that's, that's in the ground, and someday – when gold becomes much more valuable, will undoubtedly come out of the ground. Well, Jim, we'd really like to thank you for joining us here on Ask the Expert this month. It's truly appreciated. My pleasure, Jeffrey. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for Ask the Expert here on Sprawlman News. Have a great day.